I saw it. You saw what? I saw it. How many times do I have to tell you? You don't know what you're dealing with. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of Encounter Stories. You are here with your co-host, Tony and Dan. What's going on, Dan? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Nothing much, man. Chilling. Um, so, Dan, I know you know what we're going to talk about because it's, you know, obviously we talk about this stuff before we do the show um, and kind of have a plan. But uh, I, you know, we were we had a couple stories that we wanted to tell, but we are actually kind of pushing those off to the side for a week just because something came out recently, um, actually last week, but it kind of, you know, it kind of started to really blow up after we had recorded our last episode. Uh, which is why we waited until this week to kind of talk about it. So um, it's just something that's going on right now in the UF community that I think everybody should be aware of. Um, it's important enough to the fact that I think that we're going to do an episode on it, and Dan uh, agreed with me on that. Um, there was an, uh, a New York Times article that was actually that came out. Um, it's titled, No Longer in Shadows, Pentagon's UFO Unit Will Make Some Findings Public. So... Um, just look up No Longer in Shadows, New York Times, if you want to Google it and read the article yourself. But the the crazy thing about this article is that they go to the extent of actually admitting that they have recovered alien spacecraft. Um, and it's the fact that they've actually disclosed that information really breaks down some walls in the UFO community and pretty much lets everyone know if they're paying attention to this article um, and it's hard to pay attention now because of the pandemic, because of, of you know, the protests that are going on and everything else on top of the elections and, and the and just the, the amount of stuff that gets thrown in your face on Facebook every day. It's hard to kind of see this as something that would stick out. Um, but it was big enough that, that we obviously, you know, noticed it. And, and uh, I think that one of the things that sticks out here is there's one quote from this article that just blows my mind. There's two, actually. The first one says, um, Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007, said that in some cases, examination of the materials uh, had, so f- had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves. So that's nuts. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. I don't really know how much more clear this could be. Off Retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. They're basically telling you that alien spacecraft does exist and we have it in our possession so basically this whole article is telling you that the question are we alone has been answered we are not alone there is another civilization if out there if not more than another probably many um and aliens are real so let that sink in for a second ufos are real we've recovered alien spacecraft i mean Holy shit! Like holy shit! 
Like, you know, and this and, is really happening. Yes. Real and, time. And the other thing too is that um if you are familiar with a, a, a documentary on Netflix, um, which is called uh, Bob Lazar Area Fifty One and Flying Saucers, then um, you know Bob Lazar is is an amazing uh, guy. He basically worked on some of this alien spacecraft and has been trying to convince the world for the past how thirty one years that uh, he's been telling the truth and that you know we the government does have alien spacecraft. They're trying to figure out how it works. Um, you know, and, and some people say that he's full of it. Some people say that believe him. Um, but he actually, there was a text that, uh, him and Jeremy Corbell shared. Jeremy Corbell is the guy who directed the documentary, um, area 51 and flying saucers really quickly. I think it's really important for people to understand that this is more mainstream than you may think. So if you're not a, you're not a UFO believer, that's okay. Um, but you're you're seeing it unfold. You should be seeing it unfold right before your eyes as we deliver this information to you. So let's talk about Senator Harry Reid. Senator Harry Reid used to be the Senate Majority Leader uh, a while ago, uh, back in 2007. Uh, he pushed for funding for this for this UFO program while he was Senate Majority Leader. And he he truly he truly believes in in, in one of the the uh, the quotes from the article is from Mr. Reed Harry Reed, who is a a politician, someone who you know you think we can trust, someone who's been in the government, knows his way in and out of policy and etc. He he says either way, more should be made public to clarify what is known and what is not. It is extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. So if this man who we put our trust in, who we have put our trust in, to run the government, to make sure that people are held accountable, to to pass bills and, and, and things to help the people of this country, is talking about the fact that he believes and he has pushed for funding of this this UFO program, and it's documented. This is a quote from him. Mm-hmm. Then you have to you have to you have to expand your mind a little bit. You can still be a skeptic. That's quite all right. There is no judgment on this podcast whatsoever. You can believe whatever you want. But you're talking about an elected government official telling all of us that he believes that this is true and that more information needs to come out. And that's pretty powerful. It is, man. I mean, and and even, you know, the fact that the government does uh, still hide some of the stuff, you know, is is it's crazy. It's like, I feel like at this point with UFOs, it's just obvious. I mean, so, but Bob Lazar, um, you follow him on Instagram, United nuclear Bob. Um, that's his, his, uh, screen name, but basically, um, his post said, uh, finally, after waiting 30 years, the government admits to possessing alien craft. Time will tell us what happens next. Personally, I doubt they will disclose much more and wouldn't be surprised that they issue a correction and say their statement was an error. In any case, I never thought I'd see this day. Thanks so much for all of you that supported me throughout the years. On another note, this is the only social media account I have. No Facebook, Twitter, etc. There are apparently lots of imposters out there. So, you know, the fact that he doesn't really post that much, but, you know, he's posting saying, like, I, I never thought this day would come. Like, you know, we, I, he worked on this stuff, like, you know, touched it, knew that it was, it was real, you know, so for, 
for people to say that you're lying, I mean, that's got to be hard. But now that the fact that the government's admitting they have possession of alien craft, it basically validates everything that he says he was working on. Um, you know, he's been telling his story for, like I said, 31 years. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, the story has not has not changed at all. That's the other thing, too. You know, if people are lying, usually find like holes in their stories. But yeah, this guy's definitely been like super consistent. I actually just found that other uh, that other post. Um, It was a, a text between, like I said, Jeremy Corbell, the director of that documentary and Bob Lazar. And Bob Lazar said, I never thought this day would come. And Jeremy said, it only took more than 30 years for people to realize you've been telling it like it is. So great stuff. You know, and I, I just think it's amazing that this stuff is coming out right now. The downside to this is that it's coming out in the time that it's coming out. And I think that's convenient, very convenient, um, why it's coming out right now instead of, oh, they you know, know what they're doing. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. know what they're doing. Oh, we'll throw this it on is... there. But, you know, why? Okay, so he, so they know what they're doing, right? But, like, why throw it out at all? Just keep, just don't do it. It's almost like they didn't have to do it. It's not like it's not like they were being forced to do it, so they picked the pandemic to do it. They did it. Mm, so why? Yeah, that's interesting. That's a that's interesting. Um, there are some thoughts about that. That yeah. uh, that they're building us up. You know. Okay, so let's let's take a step back and and just look at what uh, President Donald Trump has done to the military since he's brought it in. He's he has been the first president, I believe, to in a long time, I think, to increase the funding for the military. Yeah, yeah. He has then created a new branch of the military called the Space Force. Mm-hmm. Guess what that is? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so there, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. that I listen to, and I'm sure that you've heard similar things, that say that eventually they're going to tell us all about it and they're going to tell us that these beings are hostile and that we need to create new forces to combat these people these beings well see now we're getting into a whole nother realm where dr stephen greer has said that that they're going to make it seem like they're hostile when they're not and and things are kind of going that way aren't they with the creation of the space force did we need a space force so when no. they say Space Force, I was on the fence. Like, it could sound like it could be militarized, but it also... It is ju- militarized. It's part of the military. NASA okay, is Space completely Force, yeah. separate. They are That's not true. a military installment. You know, the it's Space funny, Space Force is a military installment. So think so, about... Look at this, though. It even says right here in this boom, article kid, that, that, boom. that public fascination with the topic of UFOs has drawn in President Trump, who told his son Donald Trump Jr. in a June interview that he knew... Very interesting things about Roswell, a city in New Mexico that is central to speculation about the existence of UFOs. The president demurred when asked if he would cla- if he would declassify any information on Roswell. And he, his quote was, I'll have to think about that one, he said. Either way, Mr. Reed said more than more should be made public to clarify what is known and what is not. It is extremely right. important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved crafts come out, he said. so. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah, sure. I know. I'm just repeating that because I think it's in a very important statement. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, you know, you know, you and I have been kind of skeptic, skeptical of Dr. Stephen Greer for a long time, even though we, we find his information very interesting. 
what if he's been right this whole time, just like Bob Lazar, and this is the way that it's going to go. It's going to go that we're going to be told that these beings are hostile and that we need a space force, which we're getting, <laughs> and that we're in that and that that's how we're going to combat this new threat perceived quotations threat. well you know what they say they they classify it as a threat because what they do is they say well we don't we don't know these where these crafts so are we don't and, know what's going to happen and where they're coming from and they can so invade our airspace and so it's a threat and it's like no it's not they basically there's been reports of them flying over military bases and shutting down nuclear weapons remotely and not just shutting them off shutting them off so they can't work again <laughs> like, yeah. and then bouncing that's not yeah. a threat that's you being like stop screwing around with this shit because you guys don't know what you're doing and you're gonna kill yourselves you and know like they're basically destroy the planet yep. yeah destroy the planet they're basically trying to stop us from blowing us ourselves up you know it's like looking down at a bunch of ants being like don't walk into that fire <laughs> Like, right. like, let me, let me change your path a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what it's like. And we're like, now that this thing above us is a threat. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> if it's a dude, if it's a threat, we don't be dead by now. Well, if you, you know, you follow the, the, the thinking, the thought, the thought process is that if they're, if they're un, basically almost undetectable, if, if we can't determine what they are and their craft moves with, a speed and the way that it moves that it's impossible for us to even mimic that with any technology that we have, then they must be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years ahead of us technology wise. Yeah, and just and to so clarify just just thinking. Just yeah. thinking along that path. Yeah. Then there's no reason why we should if they were truly, truly a huge threat, they still may be a threat. I'm not gonna discount that that idea but if they were truly truly a threat that i think that they would have no problem taking us all out very quickly yeah i mean like no you know the movie independence day hasn't happened yet so i doubt that they're that they're hostile but you know just to clarify like oh well some people say like well how do they move like it's not like anything so think about holding a laser pointer to the wall and moving the laser pointer around in any direction you want that's how these things move nothing we have no spacecraft we have moves like that you can't go 100 miles an hour and then stop dead in your tracks and then move in a different direction at a 90 degree angle with the same amount of speed you can't do that the, everything that we that we use anything any type of machinery that we use to propel ourselves forward uses the power of combustion and pushing fire out the back to make us go forward they're not using any kind of you know, fuel, they're using the energy around them. You know, they're creating their own gravity. We don't even know how that works yet. We have no grasp on it. So the fact that they have even been able to understand that and harness it. I mean, that's a, it's a whole nother level. So, yeah. We're not even close to, to that close. Yeah, Although there are people who have created free energy systems that uh, absorb energy from the vacuum of space and also from, from around us, I guess mm -hmm. there's energy that's in the air around us at all times. And yeah, they either go missing or they're these, dead. So. <laughs> yeah, well, no, huh. they either they either well, that's true, or um, they create a patent for it, and the patent is bought by the government. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. so, so let's just talk about that for a second because I really I think that's one of the most interesting avenues 
of this whole, whole whole conversation. So, you know, Bob Lazar goes into all these different um, energy creation devices that he's seen in that documentary. But but so let's just say if some so let's just say someone comes out with a free energy system. Think about think about the cascading effect that would have on our world. Let's talk about the positive effects of a free energy system. Number one, every country, every person has the ability to create energy for themselves. Right. This technology would not be um, something that one person would keep, keep a hold of and then no one else would get it. And then it would be, you know, kind of disseminated by the government. That's not how this would be. It would be uh, free. It would be ways to create energy to create food for starving, starving countries. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, ways to create energy for spacecraft so that we could explore the galaxy. It would be free energy to power your home and your car, and you could have a farm with everything that's powered. So think of all the positive things that would come from a free energy system where everyone has free energy all the time and you can do whatever you want with it, mm-hmm. right? Now let's talk about the downfall of free energy and why I believe that the government has has crushed this uh, trend in people creating this this free energy system. All of our all of our resources, all of our uh, ways to create food and energy and resources and life are centered around fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. There are there are billionaires who and many there are billions of people who are who stand to to I'd say maybe maybe hundreds of thousands of people who stand to gain tons of wealth. You know, the top the top five percent of people in this country who, who are so wealthy that they couldn't spend their their money in 10 lifetimes. They stand to lose their entire structure of wealth if all of our uh, lives are, are, de- are not no longer uh, depending on fossil fuels and right. the government as well. So you're talking about people who are, who, the greed of this country is, in, in the world really, is is astronomical. And, and people will lose money in that system if that system crashes, they will no longer be able to generate the amount of wealth that they have. Yeah. I mean, the economy essentially would crash. I mean, that's basically what you're talking about, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, So it would be a whole restructuring of our economy. And, and, and not to mention another positive would be, you know, the, the, the effects on climate without all the fossil fuels being used and, 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 you know, excreted into the sky. So, yeah. And I think it's, you know, we, we're destroying the planet and i think that they're trying to give us a heads up you know trying to help but i think that we're we're our own worst enemy and and you know it sucks because i think like a lot of people actually want you know to do better to make this planet better but they're just being held back by i mean you only can do so much you know as an individual and and live your life at the same time you know, like, oh, well, you shouldn't be driving a gas-powered car. It's like, well, I have no way to get the work then to make money for my family. So what do you expect me to do? Like, you know, it's like you're kind of in this trap where you want to you want to help the, the planet, but you don't know how. and Or you don't know how to do it without it interfering tremendously with your own life. And I think it's, uh, you know, that's a problem. But, 
you know, it reminds me of that movie Chain Reaction with Morgan Freeman and Keanu Reeves. There's a guy who figures out how to actually split the water atom, the H2O atom. You get a tank of water and you're constantly splitting the H2O atom and using uh, the energy from the hydrogen uh, to basically constantly burn. So think about how much water we have and how many H2O molecules are in a huge vat of water and how like in a glass of water, you could power your entire house. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like you, you know, and, and Morgan Freeman says it best. He's like the, the guy who created this in the movie, his name was Alistair. He's like, Alistair was a dreamer. He's like, he wanted to just drop free energy onto the world. He goes, what would happen if you did that? He's like, stock markets around the world would plummet. He's like, the entire economy would go under. He's like, and they're just, the government won't let that happen, as we've been saying. So, alien technology, we have it. We know about it. We've admitted it. Um, now it's out there. Um, what are we doing with it, I think, is the question. What have we learned from it? And how are we planning to use what we've learned and, and uh, you know, change our world for the better? And I think that's kind of what I think everybody, you know, now that now that they've admitted that, we have space, space spacecraft from someone else, somewhere else, another world. Then we know that we're not the only ones anymore. And and how can we ensure our survival, and uh, you know, basically um, prevent our the destruction of ourselves in, in in most ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's possible at this point, uh, unless we. Oh man, it's just such a heavy topic, you know climate change and it's all connected that's the thing and the economy and now this pandemic and you know so it's just such a heavy topic you know uh, you know you can plant trees as a single person what can you do you know like you can plant trees you can recycle you can buy an electric uh, electric car you can you can do all these all these things but they truly don't make a huge difference unless the majority of each country does something to help. It, it just doesn't. You know, you're just not going to... You, you being a singular person can can help in your own way, and I totally get that. But in the end, <laughs> uh, because you bought an electric car doesn't mean, you know... Um, the polar ice global, caps are going to stop melting. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has to be... It everyone. It has to be everyone. We have to change our entire economy... There are so many people who would. I mean, think think about Amazon. Let's just take the the most successful company for for, for uh, delivering goods, right? At this point, a- Amazon would then have to, if the government said, "I'm sorry, everybody, we need to do this to save the entire world." Um, you you now have to you now have to purchase and own an electric car. Everybody needs to own an electric vehicle even the businesses that run. That means that Amazon would have to pay for and get rid of every single one of their combustion engine trucks that does every single delivery across this entire country. Mm -hmm. Guess what the cost of that would be? Billions. Astronomical. It would put them out of business. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. We're not in a position right now to do that. We think can't about, just you know make a I wholesale about, change like that. I think about like, oh, you know, the, the how better would the would pollution be if we got all cars off the road? But it's like, 
we don't have enough landfills for all these cars. No, we don't. And that's what's scary, man. It's like we keep building cars, but it's like <laughs> drive through New York City, man. That'll be enough to give you anxiety about where you're going to park your car. Oh my you God. can't, man. All the garages are full. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Not to, I mention, mean, not to mention tires, you know, T- like the old used tires. Like those tires are burnt. Yeah, it burned, and that all that stuff goes into the atmosphere. It just, it's it's a heavy, heavy, heavy topic, and we're not we're not where we need to be in order to 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 clearly identify the issues and attack it from all sides. It would have to be a multi-faced project mm-hmm. where the government would say, in five years, fifty percent of the civilian population needs to own electric cars and here is a gigantic tax rebate a gigantic tax rebate not just like here we'll give you a thousand dollars for switching over to an electric vehicle no it needs to be something that impacts people's lives like ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars of a tax rebate for you to switch over to get rid of your car and this twenty thousand dollars we're going to give you on on paid receipt of your sell your sale of your car your combustion engine car we're going to give you ten to $20,000 to put down towards a new car, which will cost you less money overall in the end if you do this because of the $20,000 we're going to give you. But the only way that that happens is if the government and the president, whoever that may be, believes in changing the way that we, re- we structure our economy off of fossil fuels. And until we're ready to do that, we're not going to do it. No, it's not going to change, and, and and things are going to get worse and worse down the line. And it may take hundreds of thousands of years, and you and I will will be will ne- will not even be a speck of dust at that point, mm-hmm. you know. But our but our families will, mm-hmm. you know, eventually down the line, you know. Dude, in hundreds whatever. of thousands of years, people are going to be listening to this episode. That's right. And realize, you know, Genius. these guys were making they so much sense. It. Why didn't they listen? <laughs> They knew it. Why didn't we listen to these guys? Why didn't we listen to the two idiots from uh, from Rhode Island? From Rhode Island, yeah. Who probably who anybody who listens to us who is not from Rhode Island probably thinks we have the worst accents. Yeah, like God, they probably like, I can't even listen to you guys talk. Yeah, hey, oh, especially well, me, I'm terrible. But. Well, come, hey, come around. I just go to Boston, kid. It's even worse in Boston. So instead of Harvard saying Yad. instead of saying uh, doctor, they say doctor, doctor, <laughs> doctor. I gotta go to the doctor. Well, hey, that's well. Thanks for listening and sticking with us. Um, you know, I, this was a, a different episode. It wasn't necessarily a story, but you know, I think it's super important for people to know about it. Um, you know, because definitely in these stories, we try to talk about what is real and what is not. But you know, obviously, it is real that most likely people have had real and true encounters with UFOs um, because they are actually admitted they are real things. So. Hey, let's talk about, uh, you know, we have some listeners from the UK and some from Ireland. Yeah. So if if any of you are still listening to us, we, we thank you so much. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, if you have anything, send it our way. We'd love to hear from your perspective on the article that just came out. Uh, also, uh, if you have any encounters in, or your friends do, or your family, please don't hesitate to send them your encounter story at gmail.com. Uh, to us uh, from the UK, our UK brothers and sisters. I think that's I think that's the coolest thing. You know, we, we're just doing this because we feel like it's it's great to share people's stories and create and create a community. But the fact that somebody on the other side of the world that I've never met before is listening to our podcast is is pretty awesome. 
So, um, with that being said, I think that is uh, the end of our episode, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. See you, Tony. Later.